With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Imran. I'm Colm. And woohoo, we've signed some players, Colm. We actually have made some transfers. Yeah. We've made the transfers that everyone would have expected so far. Um, but yeah, it feels, certainly feels better than um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago when you and I and Nick were talking. Yeah, I mean, back, I think it was, what, three weeks ago now we'd made zero transfers. But again, we kind of ex- we expected these three players to arrive. And I guess now that they have, um, it's something worth discussing uh, as it's more concrete, obviously. Um, but we'll start with today. So um, Lissandro Martinez was announced today. The five foot eight diminutive <laughs> nine. Argentinian. I think he's nine. he's, he's nine. gonna he's gonna he's gonna get shorter as this podcast goes on. Don't worry. I mean, he um, as a man under six foot, he will fight for every inch and everyone. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I I obviously maybe that is relevant to you, Imran. I'm not sure. Um, I'm over six. Yes, foot, I'm. So I'm. I am. I'm. I'm five foot eight. You know, the other, yeah. the other the other week I, I read it, I read an internet article, so it must be true that five foot eight is the the perfect height for the ideal man. <laughs> <laughs> must be true <laughs> it's on the internet sounds, sounds like you've been google searching um, something and you're getting some uh, reassurance from the old google machine um, Listen. no obviously six foot one is perfect um and uh it's a shame for martinez and i'm sure that's what makes him so angry and tenacious as a footballer um, but i'm i'm more than happy right so we spent um what is it 55 million euros uh it could rise to something along the lines of 65 to 70 million euros yeah. with all like add-ons and if we become the best club in the world i imagine that'll be but um yeah it's, it's, it is still so what in what in, in english terms that's about 40 million so, so it's a, a big outlay for a centre-back but it is what we've been spending on centre-backs it's in the same um um avenue as Varane, lindelof by are you I mean, I, I, I'm personally, I am so jaded from our last 15 years of buying mediocre centre-backs that flatter to deceive that I, I just cannot get excited about this transfer at all. Um, the cynic in me just doesn't allow it. Yeah, I totally get that. and uh, But no, I'm quite excited. It does feel like we'll never find a good centre-back like everyone else seems to find them. Um, it does seem like a bit of a plague position for us. And you're right, we just go for the same kind of, you know, level of money from level of club center back that we expect to be a monster and it doesn't quite translate um but i do really like this guy i think his quality of passing is, is superb for me the big query is just moving to england as just a completely different league um both in terms of quality but in terms of style physicality everything um so that's a slight worry you know also i think just the pressure of playing at United a little bit as well seems to be an issue for a lot of our centre backs, um, in mm. terms of concentration and and nerves and and mistakes, um. So, but that's you know a very individual thing as well. I mean, we just have to spin the roulette again, don't we? Because despite Bay's preseason form, you know the other ones are not quite it. You know, um, Lindelof, I really like him, but he's probably not a starter for a top top team, um, unless he's in a very favourable partnership. And um, Bay again, you know, has all the all the qualities to do it but just is too mental um so he's not going to do it either and um Varane I, I don't know how much he'll play you know I, I really like him but um he's certainly not someone to pin your future on so I'm glad we've made the signing you know if if we don't have Eric Ten Hag as a manager do we sign this guy no we do not mm. so that's a weird one if Pau Torres goes to some other club and looks amazing will should we feel silly? Probably, because I believe we could have got him if we wanted him. We possibly could have even got him for less than we're paying Ajax, um, which seems surprising to me, given this kind of profile of both those players. But, you know, Martinez, player of the year, he is a bit older. He's been there and done that. And, you know, the Ajax fans would tell you he's a super, super player. So, uh, But they say that about mm. everyone we buy and they always look crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean, he's following in the footsteps of Daily Blind in a way that he came from Ajax around the same sort of profile, 
Similar stature of footballer. Also, you could say it's arguably the same attributes in that they've got a good passing, although Martinez isn't the speed of a snail, so that helps. But um, yeah, and then also, yeah. but then I'm also drawn to the other Argentinian uh, centre-back that we've had, Marcus Rojo. Um, you kind of hope that he's, he's more in the, the, the style of Blind than Rojo. Interestingly, if you took Blint and Rojo and <laughs> yeah. fused them into one player, it might well be um, Martinez because uh, he does have that fiery launch into a tackle kind of well, as long as it's not too far um, then yeah exactly over the top every single time minutes after coming onto the pitch but um yeah so he definitely has that in him i think that spirit and that fire and uh, but as you say he's i mean <laughs> like ball at his feet he's he's a bit more like blint probably so race yeah. of this parish has done a little um video on uh, the strengths of martinez on pythagoras in boots his instagram you can check that out and uh, he really um shines a light on his passing and he's calls him a world-class ball player from the back. So, I mean, we haven't had that for some time, I would say, when you... I mean, Lindelof's all right, to be fair. Uh, he's kind of grown on me with his ball of his feet. He is all right, but he's not actually as good as he was touted, I don't think. No, um, he's not. To be honest. Although I do wonder if every defender just comes to our team and looks immediately worse. But, I mean, Martinez had, like, most touches in the league, uh, most passes into the final third, most successful forward passes. Like, his stats and his, his level for that kind of progressive centre-back play is, is literally the best in Eredivisie so um, yeah. the, it's just a question of whether that translates Imran however if there was one person that was going to translate under you know he's not it's going to a new system and a new manager he's going to the last manager he had basically Um, so that that sh- you know that continuity should be good Um, I just wonder what the pecking order is now well that's what I was going to ask you my next question is does he start Um, is he I think he a- does you think he did? Well, I mean, you don't spend fifty million on a centre back for him to warm the bench, even though the rest of our centre backs warming the bench costs that much. But exactly, yeah. I think long term he starts. I don't know if there's a little bit of you know uh, easing the way into it that Ten Hag has to kind of get through in terms of giving everyone a fair whack. And um, but I think Lindelof is absolutely a backup at this point, and I think Varane will rule himself out more often than not. But I mm. think it will be Maguire and uh, him more often than not because equally. You know, the last game, I think in the Melbourne game, Maguire played right centre-back while Lindelof played left centre-back, which we would normally see the other way around. However, if he's coming in to play left centre-back, then Maguire needs to get more comfortable playing right centre-back. And therefore, possibly that is why he started there. Because otherwise, why would you why would you mix up the way it's always been for Lindelof and Maguire? You know? Yeah. And then, do you think it's a possibility that we go three at the back? I would love it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I can see it happening at times. I feel like we'll be quite adaptable this season. I don't think he's just going to be rigid with a four. And I can see him, when he definitely does do a three at the back, it won't be sure at that left centre-back that we saw under Ole. I think it will be. Obviously, Martinez is more suited to that. But I can I can kind of see him going for that, especially in big games. I'd love us to. I really would. I think we're suited to it now. I think we have more centre-backs. We have more good centre-backs than we have nearly every other position. And um, I think it would help our Well, we don't back. have any holding midfielders either, do we? We don't have, we don't have any midfielders, so... Exactly, and I think that gives us that, uh, kind of solves that problem, particularly if we get De Jong, I think, you know, the midfield becomes immediately more comfortable with three mid centre-backs back, center behind them, and if Martinez is the one who can step out to good effect, um, I also think Luke Shaw is a very credible left centre-back, although you need then, you know, maybe um, Terrell could step in there, but yeah, I do think we have great options for five at the back, it gets a wee bit more difficult with you then have limited positions up the pitch to fit in, you know, our, mm. our seven tens and our you know, a uh, host of inverted forwards. Um, so that's a wee bit trickier, um, but I would love to see it. And I would love to see it quite a lot so that we know it. Um, but at the moment, I mean, we haven't seen it, obviously, in the two games, but that's not to say it won't come. Yeah, it would, it would be ideal if we could. We were in a scenario where halfway through the season, our team can easily turn up as a 4-2-3-1, a 4-2-2, four, 5-3-2, two, and it doesn't matter because... The system's already ingrained, the way we play is already ingrained, that we can be that adaptable and it's fine. Obviously, it's asking quite a lot, I guess, in a short space it of time. Is, it I... is asking a lot. That would be my that would be my reservation, is the teams that do five at the whack well do it week in, week out. You know, Chelsea True. under Tuchel, he came in and he said, well, we're playing five at the back. And they have literally done that, like, I think almost every game since he came in. You know, yeah. so I, I just think it's one of those things where you... It'd be very impressive to, to do it and then not do it and do it and not do it and do it and not do it. I think that's something we've tried and I don't know if it kind of robs Peter to pay Paul, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but 
it's kind of a football manager thing where you have like three tactical setups and your team just does them all and it's class. <laughs> I don't know if it's a real, but, I don't know if it's a real, a real life thing at, at Premier League level. Um, but I don't think Ajax played three at the back, did they? So he's been no. They, I don't. Th- I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think it's known for ten. I could, could be mistaken, but I don't think it's in his yeah. uh, repertoire as yet. That's not to say he might not change, but and I I don't know if that's factually true. But my indication was that he plays like a four two three one diamond or something similar to that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and just to just to cover it off, a, a few people I saw were saying, "Oh, he, we've signed him to be a defensive midfielder," and I really don't think that's the case because, well, he's not played there for three years. Um, yeah. And if we were going to buy a defensive midfielder, you'd buy a defensive midfielder. You wouldn't buy a centre-back and then try to put him in a, a position that he's unfamiliar with. So I really don't see him. Maybe a couple of years down the line, maybe, if that's where it works out. But you'd imagine, first and foremost, we bought him to be a centre-back. And, and yeah, I do, like you said, I do think we've signed him to be a starter. Um, mainly because, yeah. I mean, you'd think Varane has to start as well. But how often is Varane going to be available? Who knows? Um, and yeah, fully sharp and fit and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And ultimately we're in the position where we have those three centre backs and you can play any three of them, any two of them at any given time and it's fine. And that would be great. And then Lindelof is your backup and then Bailey's your backup backup and then Jones is your backup 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 backup. So you know, it all, it all well, works I out mean, with well, a million centre backs. Some centre backs probably need to try and find themselves other clubs at this point. Um I think uh Bay's doing a good job of putting himself in the shop window, to be fair. Um not that he has yeah. any indication of wanting to leave Phil Jones, who knows? Um, as ever, but um yeah, I don't think we'll see him playing centre midfield very much. Um Possibly if, say, you know, Varane and Maguire strike up a formidable partnership and he just can't get a game, then it might be a solution to pop him in as a DM. But I, I, we've bought him as a centre-back. I'm 99% sure that's where he'll play all of his games for us. But people love to ascribe new possessions to people. Do you know what I mean? There's a thread on the calf there last week. Should Scott McTominay just be a striker for us? And it's like, just turn off your internet. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've <laughs> well, had too much. Still, still doesn't rival. I've, I once saw a should Jesse Lingard be our defensive midfielder, and that was uh, <laughs> yeah. that was my peak. That was my peak. One of those. Um, yeah. So, Colm, cards on the table. Will he be a success? Yes or no? We 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 don't want halfway between me. Yes or no? Success. Uh, Martinez. Yes, I think I actually think he will be a cult figure and possibly a future captain. There you go. You've heard it from Colm. There. If he's wrong, you can pelt him with all you want. Um, <laughs> The other signing we've made, uh, or the other end of the spectrum, free of charge, Christian Eriksen, uh, comes in on a three-year contract. Um, I'm very happy with this signing. I love Christian Eriksen. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, he's my kind of player in that he's all more about technique and the quality he possesses than him like charging around blood and thunder that you yeah. get. Um, and he obviously had a great spell at Brentford after his, well, after nearly dying on the pitch. So he's obviously back. And I'm I'm just really looking forward to seeing a United shirt. What do you think of that signing, Colm? Yeah, I love it. I was really glad that there weren't that many other suitors and it came down to us in Brentford. As soon as it was down to us in Brentford, I was pretty confident that we were going to um, get his signature. And I'm delighted, particularly with Mata leaving. Um, I think that's a great pass on the guard. I think he's probably a, uh, still a more effective player than Mata was bar the kind of first year he came to us probably. Um. So, and that's not a service to Mata. Um. They're both super players, but yeah, I can't wait to see him play. I'm just so intrigued. You know, for me, on a free, he's a he's a no brainer. Even if you don't, he doesn't necessarily slot into your team. You know, he, he literally, you know, plays the same position as our best player. Um. So it's interesting to see how that'll go. Um. I know he did play deeper for you Brentford, that. and that's something that's very interesting to me. Yeah. But- you gonna try and tell me that Bruno isn't our best player? Well, no, no. I was gonna say that for Brentford, he played a lot deeper. And if you look at his heat maps yeah. for Brentford, it's, it's more that he's a number eight than a number ten. And that's totally fine, and that's hopefully very good. I mean, classically, he has absolutely been a number ten, but um, yeah, that's fine. So it's just interesting to me where he fits in because we're now in a position where we don't have a DM, but now we do have quite a surplus of midfielders. Um, a lot of them much more attacking minded than they are defensively minded. You know, so your Donny Van der Beek's, your Bruno, your Fred, your Christian Eriksen, and your Scott McTominay, none of them are holding midfielder, all of them want to get forward, and certainly the first three, you know, all very creative midfielders, so just interested to see how um, Ten Hag works that out, but yeah, I think, you know, if a player like him, in the circumstance he's in, is wanting to go to a bigger club, and we're not jumping up and down, I'd be so disappointed, so, you know, it's a shot to nothing, we didn't waste too much time on it, and I think he'll be class, I think he'll be absolutely class for us, I think it'll take a bit of working out to figure out you know, who plays where and how our team actually works. I think he is a player that will just prove worth on the pitch every time he's there. Basically the opposite of Van der Beek. 
and eventually it'll be you just can't not pick him basically because he's he's so useful. I mean, his set piece delivery is incision in his passing, and as you say, just his all around technical ability in terms of keeping the ball, which is clearly what Eric Ten Hag wants from us in that he's desperately trying to sign Frankie de Jong and not interested at all in a defensive midfielder. So, you know, I think he fits into that very, very easily. It's just a matter of who goes where. Mm. I think, obviously, like you said, considering he's on a free transfer, it's such a low-risk transfer for us. And if we hadn't been in for him, you would have been disappointed because we just have those holes in our team and then we need to get filled with bodies and he is a body and he's an excellent body at that. I like this transfer a lot because also it goes towards the model which I want which is the City model and even the Chelsea model at the moment where you don't know like you've got all these quality players you don't know who's going to be in the side week to week and that's how it should be really like you shouldn't have to be oh this is our 11 we're going to play this 11 all the time we shouldn't we shouldn't be in the position where Bruno has to play number 10 every single week we have to play Bruno all the time we should be in the position where okay Bruno can be on the bench and Ericsson can come in and we're not running Bruno into the ground so he's looking like a tired mess at the end of the season yeah, I mean, we've been in that position for so long where we had Ole who just wouldn't pick certain players. And you're just like, well, why Why are they here? You know, we saw Jesse never get picked, go to somewhere else, look quite good, come back, which we didn't. most of us didn't even want in the first place, and then also still not get picked. So, you know, at what point is your, is your, is your squad actually credible, you know, for choice? And I think now it is, and I think Ten Hag will be much more savvy in terms of, you know, kind of, moving that around and not just being totally rigid in terms of the same names week in week out and it's also about what position they play you know like city like you know silver gundawin you know they they could they could play anywhere essentially Mm. and sometimes they do and it's just totally different week to week depending on who's available who isn't available who needs a rest who doesn't need a rest and it's certainly the way forward again it's slightly more complicated you know i think it's easier just to pick the same 11 but it's not it's not as a winning a formula certainly and so i think he will get plenty of minutes i also think he'll be like first sub if he isn't on the pitch if he isn't starting he'll be the first sub uh yeah. be very you know bar bar a complete tactical thing but like in terms of quality he's the one you would want to bring on in almost every situation do you want to keep the ball yeah bring on him do you want to try and make a goal yeah bring on him do you know what i mean so um yeah he's such a good utility man he's just a lovely bloke yeah and ultimately if he comes here and he kind of it doesn't really work and it doesn't quite no hope and yeah it doesn't like we, it's free transfer it's not like we spent 40 million on Willian or something is it you know he'll score like he'll score like one nice free kick and we'll all go ah oh, woohoo you know like we all love a gallo and how pointless a transfer was that like you forget he, some people have played for Manchester United in the last five years Christian Eriksen has already done enough as far as yeah. I'm concerned exactly um we're going to take a quick break now and then when we come back we're going to talk a bit about Frankie de Jong Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. So the Frankie de Jong saga rolls on. Um, we apparently gave, like last week, it turned out we gave Barcelona, what, till Friday to accept our offer. There is an offer now accepted, but it's a whole mess with the money that Frankie de Jong's owed by Barcelona, something like £18 million pounds or something he's still owed, or euros or whatever, and ultimately getting him that money is where all the issues of this transfer lie. Colm, what, at what point do you think we should walk away from this transfer? Because I heard today, I read today that Eric Ten Hag has said to the club, do not walk, even if it means signing him at the end of August, do not walk away. Exactly, yeah. It's sort of a pointless question because Eric Ten Hag has said, continue with this until we're all dead basically um that's his instruction if if that report is to be believed for me um you know that depends on do we think if you're saying to me we have 100 million left to spend i don't even think we probably do i mean i think if we get to young that's our last signing that's my personal yeah, agreed. but if the club know that 
then fair enough, crack on until the end of the window with this De Jong saga. You know, I think that's actually fair enough. If they've said, and he has said, that is the player I want, and the club are clearly getting some encouragement from somewhere. Well, certainly from Barca, because they need the money. But some encouragement from someone in De Jong's circle or himself oh, yeah. to say, do you know what? It's just a matter of getting this all ironed out. But yes, bear with me kind of thing. Then I think it's absolutely fair because, you know, there isn't as outstanding a choice on the market as him. If a fee has already been agreed, the transfer is 90% of the way there. So you're not going to suddenly stop and give up unless De Jong is completely, truthfully, crystal clear about not wanting to come to United. And there's, hmm. I mean amounted of mixed reporting around that which should all be basically disregarded um but yeah i think they're so deep into it now imran that you know it's it's get it done or don't and i think if in the last week of the window he says no actually then yeah go and panic buy another 50 million pound midfielder neves Telemans, someone else you know sangare whatever you know it doesn't really matter you'll get someone at that point and i do think mm. we should still get someone um but we could get something thrashed out in a week if we had to it just won't be as good as Dion would be and therefore it's worth hanging in there with the young i mean i think probably the word deferred is the highest it's ever been in google searching you know because people are like desperately trying to seek definitions of what that actually means because that seems to be what all this is boiling down to is this kind of game of chicken between de young and barca around oh i want to stay but also you owe me loads of money so i kind of have to say i want to stay otherwise you maybe won't pay me that money i mean kind of how the legality of what deferred actually means i a lot of people, I think, initially assumed that that was money that was just flat out owed to him for this season just gone or the season before where he deferred his wages due to COVID. But actually, it could mean that he literally restructured his contract so that in 2021 he earned this, 2022 he earned this, and 2023 he's actually earning a lot more. But that's totally contingent on him actually playing for them in 2023. If that's how the contract was restructured, well done, Barca, because that's a horrific idea for De Jong and his representatives. Yeah, um, I can't, but I can't that may be the that. case. I'm sure it is. I, I, I just don't know, Imran. Because otherwise, it should be pretty straightforward. Although, again, Barca's ability just to disregard the legality of any situation is second to none in world football, oh, it seems to me. And um, like crazy. they literally are just like they're like just like laughing to the bank, you know, knowing mm. that they're hemorrhaging money but still spending loads of money. I mean, it's a crazy situation they're in, and I'm I'm annoyed that we've become embroiled in their um circus to be honest and i would you know if not for signing one of the world's best midfielders who's 25 years old or whatever you know we shouldn't be anywhere near it basically but we obviously have to be i mean i don't understand how Barcelona operate at all they spent what 40 million uh, yesterday on Lewandowski, 55 million yeah. on rafinha a couple more transfers yeah. going in and yet they still can't pay the young 20 million that they owe him well, I mean, they can't it, register the players they've bought yeah they can't register any of them in, until they make some sales it's all, it's all just absolutely bonkers and I'm with you. I do. I find it hard to believe that Frankie De Jong hasn't told Ten Hag that he's happy to come here or that he's, you know, wants to come here. But he ultimately he cannot say in the public that he wants to leave Barcelona because it completely weakens his position of bargaining with them to get the money he's owed. So I totally understand that. Yeah, I just don't understand what's taking so long with that bargaining. I mean, Barca know. I assumed my thing a week ago was like, okay, we've offered sixty million. But Barca owe him twenty million, so Barca want us to pay eighty million, so that we effectively pay him for them to get him here. I don't think and that's. Le- I don't think legally we can do yeah, that. Apparently that's, that's not the problem. Yeah, apparently we're not allowed to do that. Yeah. So, but that's what I assumed was happening, and we were just. I assumed we were kind of sitting there going, "Here, we're not just going to pay your wages for you. We'll offer slightly more," and that was what it was all about. But now it's not even apparently about that. It's just very interesting to me. I would love to get the absolute, you know, truth clarity on it as to what the whole situation is because. You know, I, it doesn't surprise me that he necessarily doesn't want to... It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't want to come to United um, very much. And I wonder if he's kind of seen Dembele or other players who've kind of just weathered the storm at Barca in terms of being wanted to be gone. You know, last summer Dembele was like, we, like, you'll sit in the stands, we'll force you out, we don't want you here, you have to go this summer. And he didn't, and then he had a kind of shit half a year. But eventually, he was like their star player. And maybe De Jong's looking at that example, mm. just thinking... You know, next year could be a very different situation. All I have to do is get through this summer, still a Barca player, and let them figure out something else. And I will remain a Barca player, and I'll be playing with Lewandowski and Rafinha, and I'd rather do that in the Champions League than go to Manchester. Um, and honestly, that wouldn't surprise me. But as you say, it's very hard to imagine we're still so in it, and with a fee agreed with Barcelona, 
you know, ultimately they're going to do their best to force him out, and we just kind of want to be front of the queue, essentially, I think, which is what we're hoping on, that he is going to have to realise, ultimately, in a week or two, that he has to go somewhere, that Barstley hate him, and that he has to go, and that we're going to be the only one standing there. What surprises me is no one else being in for him. Well, there was that link the other week that Chelsea were in for him, and then that link disappeared yeah. after a few days, and I think I think what genuinely might have happened there is Chelsea might have knocked on Barca's door, seeing how complicated the whole thing was. Like, nah, not for, not for us, thanks. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll go buy some Sterling. Also, thanks. they just want to buy every centre back in world football. So, oh yeah, they got what Cooley has gone there. Yeah, they're looking at uh, Ake and ah, yeah. uh, Kunde and uh, Kimpembe. Um, oh, Kimpembe, that that one I don't get. I think Kimpembe is rubbish, but. I don't watch him enough. Every time he's played against us, he's looked awful. But um, yeah, certainly uh, their new the new PSG manager Gautier Gautier um, isn't too keen on him. But it surprised me that like PSG aren't it? Surely there's a Champions League club that would stick their hand up and say, "Here, uh, we probably take him as well." But um, I don't know. I still think it'll get done. I actually do think he'll be a United player. I think it's all brinksmanship. Um, however, there's like I'm I'm eighty percent sure he'll be a United player. Twenty percent of me thinks he just carry on saying i don't want to go anywhere and he just won't go anywhere and it'll all just blow up on barcelona's face yeah i'm, I'm about 80 percent sure he'll be a united player but i also do think it'll probably it'll probably happen and do you know what i'm not really unhappy either way it'll probably happen after the after the first game of the season though i think which is a bit disappointing mm-hmm. but i can see i can see it dragging on um and like you said i th- I feel like if we if we get frankie de Jong, i think that's it i think that is our transfer activity done i would like us to buy a right back i'd like us to get someone as a forward, but I, I can honestly just see De Jong and that's it, four players. Yeah, I think if a deal really popped up, like this Jonathan yeah. Kloss, um, you know, if there was a right back there that was like gettable and cheap and was saying, you know, yeah, I 100% like disclude everyone else and go to United, then I think that could be done. I think there's talk just there tonight that um, Cristiano Ronaldo might go on loan back to sporting, which seems crazy well, to me. I want to get on to um, Ronaldo next. Um because yeah. that's a big but one. That's well, what I mean. I think... if, if he left or if, if just a deal that you couldn't pass up came, then I could see us making one more signing. But I would wager that if we get Frankie De Jong over the line, then that'll be it. Yeah. So on Ronaldo, since the we last recorded the pod, which was about three weeks ago, obviously came out saying he wants to leave. There's yeah. basically been zero interest in him apart from, from Saudi Arabia, it seems. And now yeah. we're in this kind of limbo situation where Ronaldo kind of wants to leave, but... There's no one who can A, afford him or B, wants him. And now there's yeah. rooms, rumors of loans. It's all a bit all a bit weird. And I don't know. I, I mean, the idea of him leaving now has made me quite keen on him going to the point where mm. if he stays, I'll be a bit disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I reconcile myself because we don't have any strikers at the club. Um, so that's helpful. That yeah, he, but I, you imagine stay. if we sold him, we'd yeah. have to we'd have to get someone in. Like we have, we if we well, sold Ronaldo, you'd know, I mean, you'd have to imagine. Rashford Martial looking pretty good. I do not uh, want to <laughs> do not want to be relying on Martial for a whole season. No, not for a Premier League season. Not for a Premier League season. No. I think that people get get lulled into preseason. Um, I, me very much one of those people. But um, yeah, no, for a full season, that's a nightmare. And I also think like. He cannot do preseason with us because he's Ronaldo and he's a, uh, you know, a diva basically, and he still gets picked on the first day against Brighton, and he'll still probably score between twenty and thirty goals. But you know, how much will our general play be affected? I'm with you. If someone came in, I would love us to sell him. I was disappointed he didn't take the Saudi money. To be honest, I was really happy about that. Um, but I understand him, you know, wanting to carry on notching up one or two more Champions League goals to, um, you know be remembered forever um because he is just that vain kind of person i suppose but it's just impossible to see where he goes now i mean Bayern have kind of ruled themselves out but they are the obvious one because they've just lost Lewandowski and he might just absolutely take the piss out of the german league um but they seem quite switched on and recognizing they'll probably ruin their um style of play as well so they're not going to fall into the trap that we did um a little bit chelsea i think the exact same thing there is kind of a hole for him there that you could see him filling in a good way but they also seem uh, mature enough as a football club to realise that a 38-year-old striker, you know, fairly well past his prime, but still an elite goal scorer, who's going to probably impact your quality of play quite severely. I mean, there was a really, to me, a really telling stat that came out there that was like, the season before he joined Juve, Juve scored 88 goals in the league. The two seasons after, they scored 67 and 67, but he scored like 30 goals. And the same at United, the season before, we scored like, it was the Greenwood, Martial, Rashford year where we scored, like, as many goals as Liverpool. And then the year after, when Ronaldo came, we scored, like, 15 less goals, but he scored 25. And it's just that classic thing of he will get goals himself. 
your team will be less good and less mm. slick and less uh i do think there's a team that can be built that is perfect for him and probably wins everything you know but you have to get it so specific and so right just to feed him and to have the kind of quality around him and the kind of work hard around him that he can be basically do nothing other than get involved in attacks and even at that only getting involved in attacks near the box because he's, he just kind of kills build-up play basically he's just not very good at it anymore um however we don't have any strikers no one else wants them one year more with them and then he has to go i can make my peace with mm. uh, and i would hope we would have big plans to buy a proper striker the year after or have definitive research on the martial experiment on its seventh iteration and um, that would always also be fine but yeah I, I just think i think most people should get used to the idea that he will be starting against brighton or shortly thereafter and be with us for the year and after that hopefully he'll go somewhere else in the summer next summer but i mean if he went this summer i'd be delighted as well yeah i would be i'm hoping he goes and plus do you not think he's done any damage to his standing with I don't. fans. No, you don't I don't. Think he's done any damage I, don't. I mean, yeah, with the fans a little bit, but like no one cares about fans, so it doesn't really matter. And um, with the with the team, no. I know there was a few reports saying people, you know, couldn't express themselves. Blah blah. Doesn't really matter. You know, Eric Ten Hag wants him and wants to start him, and everyone else better just put up with kind of thing. Mm. You know, it, my my reason for wanting him to go is because I want us to get back to the proper level we should be and to play the kind of football I want us to. And even though that might mean if we lose Ronaldo this year without a proper replacement, we have a pretty shit year. I still think it gets us to the end point quicker, if you know what I mean. So the longer Ronaldo stays, yeah, the longer it, it takes us to get to a level where we're competing with Chelsea and City and Liverpool. I think, to be honest, mm. um, and ult- ultimately, in the in the fans' eyes, as soon as he bangs in a goal, everyone will, everything will be forgotten anyway. So yeah, it no one really cares matter. anyway. I mean, like if he can go and rape yeah. anyone he wants, then maybe. Uh, but you know, like. It just uh, people have come back from way worse. People have said way worse. I don't actually think. I think he said he wants to go, but does anyone blame him? Like he's Ronaldo. He's thirty eight, and he is desperate yeah. for Champions League goals. And we're not in the Champions League. Whose fault is that? He scored twenty five goals last year. Why are we not in the Champions League? It's not his. It's not his fault, really. Do you know what I mean? So I don't actually think him wanting to go is unreasonable or disrespectful. Like he didn't have to come back to United at all. You know, it, like uh, this is all borrowed time. To me, it doesn't really affect his, you know, legacy at United or his status at United. You know. Because everything after he left us the first time is basically pointless anyway. So it doesn't really matter, you know? True. True. Um, so we'll have to see what happens on the Ronaldo front. Um, and that's it for transfers. But when we get back from this quick break, we'll talk about the friendlies that we've seen and what we've got coming up. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, welcome back. So, um, Colm, are you all ready for the Open Top Bus Parade for the uh, Bangkok Champions Cup? I mean, 100%. One game, one trophy. Eric Den Hag. Unbelievable. I mean, if, if this was Jose, he'd definitely be putting it as one of his fingers at the end of the season. Um, it's very uh, it's very Louis van Gaal preseason. Dangerous <laughs> levels of overconfidence and excitement. I mean, I am very so, much in the camp of friendlies mean absolutely nothing. You can gain nothing from preseason friendlies. They mean absolutely fuck all. But, but, it is better to win than lose. So, yeah, I would just love and, to know if Ranić was still in charge because basically in these friendlies, as new signing hasn't played apart from uh, Malasia. Are we saying Malasia? Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. You know, he hasn't. He's been the only one who's started and, and barely, if you know what I mean, or, or played minutes and barely. So this is literally the same team from last year. That was so horrific, and yeah, to me, and, visibly, the football is so much better. The effort oh, yeah. is so much better. The energy is so much better. I don't know if that's just a break from the doom and gloom. And it also shows you the, the pit of despair the team was in, if you know what I mean, collectively. 
But yeah, I wonder if Ralph was in charge, would we be seeing the same thing? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, there's always things you can look out for in friendlies. And one thing that was obvious from the Liverpool game, especially, was that we were pressing better as a team. Yeah. We looked to have a little bit of a better shape. Um, at the back, we were still a bit ropey and got caught out quite a bit. And it's a, it's actually a miracle yeah. that Liverpool didn't score in that game. <laughs> yeah, on the ball, we looked a lot better. And yeah, we, we, I mean, we actually scored some nice goals. Uh, Fred's chip, beautiful. Uh, what I always think though, when when people score good goals in preseason, I always think, why why didn't you save that for the season? I feel like Fred's yeah. wasted that now. He can't do that again. Andreas Pereira has, you know, yeah, exactly. That the, the Andreas Pereira preseason uh, wonder goal has gone to Fred. Um, and also, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of the youngsters, which has been quite good. Uh, Zidane, Iqbal, and Charlie Savage. Thought both of them looking quite impressive. Yeah. Zidane, Iqbal, especially on the turn and driving forward, not looking phased at all. But again, it's just it, it, I'm going to tamper all of this with. It's just preseason, so. Anything can happen in preseason. Eric Bailly can look like the best centre back in the world, and you know, yeah, we're, all, we're exactly. all buying into it. See, see the first half of both games. I am pretty invested in that and put quite a lot in that because it's both times, certainly against Liverpool, less so against Melbourne. It's quite close to what could be our starting eleven, you know. So, and it's like the point of the game where everyone's trying the hardest. See the second halves of these games, throw them out the window, basically, and that is where slightly I feel like Iqbal and uh, Savage and. A host of other players probably get uh, even more of an experience that is pretty far removed from Premier League football and any against any team, if you know what I mean. Um, that's not to say they're not impressive. I mean, both times I thought Charlie Savage and um, Zidane Iqbal looked better than Fred McTominay on the ball and in every other sense, really, as well. But the game is so broken at that point. We're already 4 0 up, 3 0 up, whatever. Both teams have made 20 changes and no one really cares anymore, you know, so it's difficult to place any merit in that but they absolutely look spot on i mean they both just look quality on the ball really and Iqbal, as you say i mean his ability to dribble out of situations and, and that kind of awareness to drop the shoulder is something that we have sorely sorely missed i mean that's exactly what you're hoping for from de jong yeah but mm. that's something we've missed big time in the middle so both hugely impressive i really like robbie savage kind of kind of love hate kind of way if you know what i mean Um, so him living out this like fantasy through his child and um, is <laughs> i think really cool I really like it. Um, but I would like to see that, both of them go on loan this season, actually. Zidanek, Bell and Chai Savage. Charlie Savage uh, and Robbie Savage? Yeah, me too. Um, uh, yeah, and Robbie Savage. Maybe Robbie Savage get a loan in the sky. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to see them go on loan. I don't think either of them are dropping into the first team at all. Um, but, they've. They, I mean, they could absolutely get probably a championship loan better than a Premier League loan. But um, there's been a few people who haven't been able to play, which has been a wee bit disappointing. But broadly, I think those first halves, you know, I think you can see the intention with, Eric Ten Hag's setup, definitely the high press is there. I mean, Ole got a press for about three games before they all gave up on it. So hopefully he has the ability to keep that going. Um, both Martial and Rashford look extremely sharp. Bruno, I thought, has looked very good. Um, the defence has been a bit sus. And I think we'll see that quite a lot through the year if we're going to consistently play this high line. Um, I think we'll see a lot of pain with that. But I don't really mind that if we're scoring goals on the other side, you know. So you have a big thing for me from these two friendlies is that Martial... Um, two games, two goals, and it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. There's been no real rumours of him leaving the club, and it seems yeah. like Ten Hag is... I mean, he started in both these games up top, so you'd think he's staying around as our backup striker um, to Ronaldo yeah. if Ronaldo stays. Um, are you happy to give Martial one last chance? One last chance in the last chance saloon? I mean, if you had asked me like three months ago, I would have I would have like just probably screamed at a wall and left the conversation. <laughs> But now, yes, I am, of course. It's been two preseason games. He looks unreal. So, you know, it's great. Um, I am in that it's just a, a sense of reality. I didn't, uh, I was quite excited about Darwin Nunes when we were in for him. But then when Liverpool got him, I wasn't that upset because I wasn't sure he was worth that money. And recent clips of, you know, may prove that right or wrong. I don't, I don't want to make any judgments too soon. But apart from him, there's been a small handful of other strikers on the market that I would have been interested in, but none that were glaringly obvious whatsoever. Um, and in that sense, I don't want us to buy the wrong player, particularly in that position. It's just a waste. Um, so, you know, do we buy a striker for 10, 20 million? You know, um, Ajax, the fellow who's just about to sign for Ajax, Eric Ten Hag knows a lot of people weren't very upset or were very upset about, you know, do you get a stopgap? It's just a complicated situation if there isn't someone obvious on the market that is actually achievable. We still don't know what's happening to Ronaldo. So for me, it's all fine. I would happily, if Ronaldo left, I would happily play Martial for an entire season and just see how it goes. And if at the end of that season you realised he's pretty much useless and he scored like 15 goals 
and he played 10 amazing games and 30 awful games, then okay, we buy a great striker. But if the rest of the team was playing well, it's not really a problem. Um, so again, I, I don't think this next year is our most important year. It's a year to figure things out. So I don't really mm. mind that if we carry someone in a position to give them a chance, but also, you know, mainly suspecting that they won't work out, which is how I would be going into the season if it was just Marshall. Of course, he could do it. My extreme suspicion would be that he would not do it um, consistently enough and therefore we'd be in the same position. But there's no one really else on the market. And actually, I think what will happen is he'll still only play 30 or 40 percent of the minutes because Ronaldo hmm. will play all of them. I think uh, I'm I'm broadly agreeing with you there. I, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with him as a backup striker, definitely. Because ultimately, what's the point in going and spending money on a backup striker when yeah. obviously we don't have that money there? And Basically, have one. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I mean, he's if he's there to play a handful of games, deputize for Ronaldo when Ronaldo's thrown a fit or going on holiday or whatever, then fine. I would worry if Ronaldo left and Martial was our number one striker for the season. I would worry then. Um, I do think we would need to buy someone, either as a you're out and out number, uh, your first choice number nine, or just someone to dovetail it with Marshall who can come in. Well, who are you buying then? Like, either. what are you talking like, Danny Ings? What, what are we saying? I don't. I don't. I, I, this is this is the thing though. I am not a football scout, so I haven't got a clue. So, yeah, that is on that is on them to find someone who would fit that bill, who wouldn't cost an arm and a leg, and could fill in like that. But like you said, the strikers are dying at the moment. There are no people out there to seemingly, unless you're going to unearth someone under a rock. Um, but, I mean, having said that, I do like the look of Jonathan David from... Le- um... Yeah, he's one of the ones. Yeah, he's definitely one of the ones I would be happy with. I can't remember who he plays for. Anyway, Jonathan David and um, the, the other Dembele, the other striker Dembele as well from Leon. They're two names, Moussa but they probably cost yeah. quite a bit. They probably cost quite a bit, yeah. but that's my very yeah, um, I think there's definitely there's thoughts. a small handful there's a small handful there that I think we could get if there were easy deals or whatever but again I think it'll be a non-issue because I think Ronaldo plays for us next year um, even if he didn't I actually wouldn't mind just going Martial I think we're not, uh, Rashford could play a few minutes up front this year it's not ideal um, it's not great in any way shape or form probably wouldn't be enough but again I'm hoping we have output from other areas now I mean I still think you need someone who's going to score more than 20 goals obviously and you need a number 9 who can actually link the play but I think what's happening at the moment is that people who've maybe wanted to give Martial for a chance for a while are seeing these two games and also coupling that with the Ronaldo situation and getting themselves into a, a position where they believe that you know Martial deserves to start the season over Ronaldo because he's looked good, because he's perhaps a more fluid player in the build-up, although he's still not a perfect number nine in the build-up by any stretch of the imagination, and because Ronaldo's asked to go so and hasn't been on pre-season hasn't trained with a team and therefore shouldn't be rewarded with a start, those people need to absolutely arrest that point of view because it will not be the reality. There might be a game or two at the start of the season, but Ronaldo will start over Martial every day of the week as soon as he's match fit, essentially. Um, yeah. I, I would be gobsmacked if it's any different. Um, now, if Eric Ten Hag could make that brave decision and really you know, manage his minutes with Martial, I think that would be a victory. Um and probably a fair one also, but um no Ronaldo's gonna play and Ronaldo's gonna start if he's still at the club. Yeah, so it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks, um until what it's actually what how many weeks? Two weeks is it until we play Brighton at home? Slight, I think it's two weeks. Just slightly more, I think. Yeah. Just slightly more than two weeks. Um we've got Crystal Palace on Tuesday. Uh yeah, yeah. no, it's three weeks. Three eleven AM another class eleven AM game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brilliant from the the home working front that is. And um, yeah, nice yeah Brighton's the seventh, so it's it is a good three weeks. Yeah. A good three weeks to go. So a lot of moving parts till then. Maybe we'll have the young in. Maybe Ronaldo will go. Maybe Ronaldo will stay. But ultimately, I do feel I do like you. I feel like the young, the young or another midfielder is our last movement in the transfer window, unless Ronaldo goes. So do you know it's four signings and it's it's plenty. You know. Yeah, I mean, I would have taken four signings. People will still say it's season. not enough, but exactly, exactly. You have to be realistic on this front. You know what? Could we have squeaked in one or two more deals? Yes, but also at what point are you just making deals to make deals, if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think Eric Ten Hag said during the week, we only want the right players, and I think that's absolutely fair enough. Now, if he thinks every player signed this this window is right, then that's cool, and if he's had full input on that, I think it might have been a bit more slapdash for this window, um, just because he was coming in fresh and has seemingly disregarded every single one of our scouts and all their opinions. And just try to sign mm. people he wants, which what, is fine. What, what do you think? Um, what do you think about that? By the way, can I just say, like, we've got, there's been a, I've seen a couple of um, criticisms in some circles that 
now we seem to have thrown everything out the window and we're just doing what Ten Hag says. But ultimately, for me, what we were doing before didn't work anyway. So exactly, I think at another club it probably is bad. You know, if if Chelsea sacked T- Tuchel and brought in Eric Ten Hag and went with this approach, or Liverpool did that and went with this approach, or anyone else really, I'd probably raise an eyebrow and think, "Well, oh, that's a bit dodgy. That's maybe going to look like a bit of a a poor decision." We couldn't be any worse at signing players at the moment. So, you know, we've already basically accepted that that system is broken with the recent departures from that entire system and the change in top to bottom kind of inner workings of the club, you know, um, with Richard Arnold taking over, with everyone else taking over, with Woodward going, with all the scouts going, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's been a huge shakeup, not but six months ago, if you know what I mean, if even, really, it's just the end of the season. So, you know, it's clearly a system and a backroom that's fragmented and in need of a bit of, you know, time essentially to regroup itself and see who's going where and what we're doing and how Eric Ten Hag wants it done. So I think it's a, a, a position of necessity really this summer that we've had to been like, look, this summer is just going to be a bit fast and loose. You just tell us who you want and we'll go and do that for this year. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on everything else because they've proven themselves, you know, to be categoric failures, you know, exhibit A, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't make that signing and then a year later be like, trust that scout. You know, it just doesn't happen. It's just unacceptable. It's sacking every day long. So, you know, I think in other situations, yes, it would look bad. And, you know, there's maybe been a reliance on Dutch league or players he's worked with before and stuff like that. But again, I just think given the, the, the big need we had to get four or five bodies in, the, the way our squad had just come to look so thin at the end of the year. Um, coupled with losing a load of backroom staff, losing a load of your scouting network, and also that scouting network not really being reliable in any way, shape, or form, and the processes around how we um, identify and negotiate for players not being successful or reliable. What else can you do in that situation? You know, we're we're in a we're in a a, a bad summer for those things. So I don't think we've done too bad, all things considered. If they all turn into flops, then well, it'll just be another year at Manchester United. Yeah, I also think it's important to get some of his men in the door who are going to back him, especially with a, I agree. reportedly how our dressing room goes and how they've maybe or maybe not turned on other managers. Or Yeah, and just from a position of you know his tactics as well, not just people he knows who are of sound mind and character, which is definitely important for the Manchester United dressing room because it's full of um, less than desirable attitudes, clearly is what we think over the last five or six years, but also, just from a point of view of if he wants to play a certain way and he knows players can come in and do that and drive that, then again, it makes complete sense to to get those players, as opposed to someone who plays a similar position, is a similar, you know, would be a similar expenditure, is a similar level of quality, level experience, but it's completely unknown to Ten Hag. You know, why would you then choose Pau Torres over Lissandro Martinez if you basically think they're, you know, about equal in terms of quality, but you know one of them inside out and the other one you're you're just kind of hoping? Yeah. Yeah, from that point of view, it does make sense to go for your your centre back, who you back, who has a good relationship with you, and can play the way you want. So the big fall down will be if his estimation of the Dutch league is <laughs> well, yeah. closer in his mind to what the Premier League is, and actually he's about to learn that there's a chasm of difference. And we know that. I feel we know that through years now of buying players that then suddenly look not good. You know, I mean, and I only need to phone Donny and have a chat with him to kind of understand that. I feel so. You know, he might be so prideful that he will, and this by any, he might be right to be prideful, but he might be so prideful to think, well, it's my system and it's my way of playing, and I've made that IX team great, and they were great in the Champions League, so I can make them great in the Premier League, it's all the same level, and I have probably better players at Manchester United, so I can just do that same thing, and it will work, um, and therefore I can take three or four of these players with me. And that just might not be the case, mm. or it might be the case, in which case, well done, that man, but it might not be. Well, just to, so. We'll come back later with a proper preseason preview, but currently, with how things are shaping up, are you uh, are you feeling pretty positive about the the Ten Hag reign so far? Hundred percent. I mean, I think he has a great way about him. He's got a great chin, um, and he seems really nice. I loved uh, him absolutely chewing Marshall out and uh, Sancho in the open training in front of all the fans. Uh, he just has no nonsense about him. He seems super icy and. Uh, just like a bit more authority. I always said before when we were talking about Ole, one of the big issues I had was that when you looked at Pep and you looked at Klopp and you looked at uh, Pochettino, 
and then you looked at Ole, he was totally the odd one out. And that's not to say there is a, a type of person that is a good manager or not. It's totally different and totally, totally up to your own approach. And he was a good man manager in many ways. But there's like I think there's like a gravitas and an authority that the top coaches either have or don't have. Um, and I think Eric Ten Hag, you know, seems to have that. Um, so that's really good. Um, I love our away kit. I quite like our home kit, although it's better with the black shorts. Um, and to be honest, the, the two games have been hugely positive for me. You know, to me, the players look bought in. Now, whether that lasts more than three games in the Premier League season, it remains to be seen. But for the time being, it's just it's just enjoyable to watch again. I also thought against Melbourne, you know, we were able to, it was like a total difference to the Liverpool game. Liverpool game was like swashbuckling, totally open, counter-attacking, high press, great. But we've seen Ole be able to make these players do that easily and it's pre-season so I didn't really learn much the Melbourne game they were totally sat in the entire time and we went 1-0 down and after that I thought we actually just got better and better in terms of the zippiness of our play and the way we were spreading the ball around and kind of the the ways we were trying to get at them and the tactics of it all so that's a big thing for this team that we haven't been able to do so again I find that encouraging so now I'm I'm on cloud nine Imran. yeah so what Colm's saying there is if you can break down Melbourne you can break down any team yeah, uh, I mean they're all just—it's just ten players running around. So yeah, that's you know, it. It's just, it's just, it's just it's the exact same it? thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean I think they'd give Fulham a good game. <laughs> um, right. So before we go, I just need to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Um, you can obviously get your Manscaped from Manscaped.com. They have the performance packages, the weed whackers, all the things you need for your male grooming needs. Uh, get one for you. Get one for your family. Get one for your dad. Get one for your mum. She might need some grooming. Who knows? Uh, just get onto Manscaped and use the code United Hour Twenty. That's United Hour Twenty for free shipping and twenty percent off. Of course, that's what the twenty stands for. I should have led with that. Twenty percent off and free shipping. Uh, so yeah, get to Manscaped.com, support the pod, get an order in. Um, that's going to be it from us for today. Calm has a, a Love Island to get to. Calm, who's your who's your mm. favourites for Love Island at the moment? Who's going to win? Uh, Adam. Is just come back and he's good crack. I like him a lot, and I think Gemma Owen, a big fan of Gemma Owen. She's a, a a sort. So what we'll need to do, obviously, when Michael Owen comes in, we we'll need to do a special pod just to review Michael Owen. I, re- I really hope he Villa. does. I mean, the weird thing is Gemma Owen's like Michael Owen, but just a very attractive twenty-year-old girl, basically. Um, but apart from that, just I mean, she voice. does sound incre- from the from the very clip, the very few clips I've seen, she does sound incredibly dull. So you know, like same voice, like basically the same face. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but no, she actually is good. She's come off it pretty well, I think. Um, so hopefully he does go in for the Meet the Parents episode. But we'll probably be losing listeners here at a at a rapid rapid rate. So the less well, the, the better. But this is they're they're all just uh, lowering their opinion of you. Come by the second, and I, I I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that personally. Um, we yeah. need to bring you no, down. I'm fine with it as well. Yeah, <laughs> I I know in my heart how much I like it. So I, it's, you know, there's no problem. <laughs> that's it. You be you be comfortable with who you are. Um, yeah. That's it from us. We'll be back in a few weeks with a preseason pod preview. Uh, till then, cheers, Colm. Cheerio. Sports Social Podcast Network.